we live on a blue planet that circles around a ball of fire next to a moon that moves the sea. And you tell me you don't believe in miracles? That's our God. So if you need a miracle in your marriage, you need a miracle in your family, you need a miracle, God of the impossible can move. So we're going to welcome up Pastor Paul, very handsome chap he is. We're going to welcome Paul up to share this morning. Awesome. Thank you, Ruth. Good to hear her telling the truth this morning. Praise God. That is so good. I'm excited already. That was a good word. <laughs> Praise God. Mate, I enjoyed that that Reuben shared with us this morning. God uh, directing our steps. It's not up to man, you know, and uh, the, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Trusting God in the small things in life, every step. How many people know that when you go on a journey or when you walk from here to town, there's a lot of steps involved, yes? Yeah, a lot of steps. How many people know that in life there's a lot of steps involved in our journey through life? Well, praise God when we can just hand over everything to God the God of the impossible, we can dream with Him this month. Our theme is dreaming with God. And it's, it just makes such a difference in lives when we hand over to Him. How many people know we don't tend to do that naturally? Sometimes there's a, a thing around, a uh, thing on our shoulders that looks similar to a rugby ball maybe, and it sometimes gets in the way. Yeah? Everyone's gone quiet. Praise God. But when we can hand over to God and we can walk by faith, you know, faith means forsaking all, I trust Him. Forsaking all, not just three quarters of it. Praise God. God of the impossible excites me when I think of what God can do with such a very little in life. In Matthew chapter 19, we read of a rich young ruler coming running to the Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, he was rich. He knelt down before Jesus in front of other people. He was definitely earnest. And he said, Lord, what, what must I do to be saved? And there's so many people that think that they can do something. Maybe I've got to make a commitment, or, or maybe I should just be really sorry, or maybe, and, and that's how we all start out, thinking of what we can do to be saved. And Jesus put his finger right on it. And uh, that man... He said to sell everything he had, but he didn't. His riches that he had in life meant more to him than salvation. He went away without eternal life. And uh, Jesus said to the disciples, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, when we say rich, you're probably thinking of money. But you might be rich with your own thoughts. You might be rich with your own you know, you've just always been in control of your own destiny, your own life, and you're rich in that way, and you're not going to release it, and you want to keep the, you've always been in the driver's seat, and you're not going to let go, and so it applies to you in that situation, but thankfully it didn't stop there. Jesus said, with man, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Let's say that this morning, with God, all things are possible. Amen. Do you believe that, my friend? Do you believe that? With God, all things are possible. Praise God. There was a time in my life when I would have thought it uh, would be uh, an impossibility for God to transform a self-centered young man, and uh, I would have thought that would have been impossible. You know, I would, have been, I would have thought it was impossible. There would have been a time in my life when I would have thought, thought it was impossible for me one day to be with my wife 
pastoring a church, impacting a nation for God. But with God, all things are possible. I would have thought it would have been impossible to run a successful business. There was a time in my life when I was, it was unsuccessful and I wanted to sell it. And I was going backwards. And we went through rough times. But looking back, in those times of my life, I was actually in the driver's seat. I've come to realize now. But now, God can change things. With God, all things are possible. An alcoholic who uh, became a believer was asked how he, how, how he could possibly believe all the nonsense in the Bible about miracles. You don't believe that Jesus changed water into wine, do you? And he turned around and said, I surely do, because in our house, he's changed whiskey into furniture. <laughs> Praise God. God is the God who works miracles, the God of the impossible. But when we think about miracles and the miraculous and the supernatural, we're looking for great things. Some people chase around after this stuff. Some people are looking around for, for some big blast or some big move, and they miss every step of the way where God is doing miracles in our lives every day. We're walking in the, in the supernatural every day. Praise God. You know, I'm looking forward to, to being with the Lord. I enjoy His presence now, don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to one day get being with the Lord and I'm saying, well done. Well done, you good and faithful servant. When he says well done, he's not going to be talking about how he has a stake. He's going to be talking about well done. But it's not going to be to me because the steps are up to me. It's up, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It's Christ in us, our hope of glory. That's why the Word says, let him that glories. Don't glory in yourself. Don't glory in your own ability. Let him that glories glory in the Lord. We're going to turn to uh, 2 Kings for our reading today. Everyone will have their Bible, won't they? Let's open the Word of God to 2 Kings. We go to a well-known portion of Scripture again to make it nice and simple for you guys. <laughs> if you're like me, you're probably a simple person. When it comes to the things of God, I find them simply profound. Praise God. Two Kings, sorry, you're waiting to, where to look up. Two Kings, chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 1 to 7, but we probably won't do it all in one breath. We'll start off with verse 1. A certain woman. Have you got it? Have you got, hands up if you've got 2 Kings, chapter 4, verse 1. Okay, there's about 10 people. That'll do. We'll go on. Okay, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Now, Elisha was servant to Elijah, and Elisha got a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And he was one of the prophets, Elijah, after uh, Elisha, I should say, after Elijah was taken up to heaven in a golden chariot. He was one of the two men in the Bible who uh, never saw death. Uh, Enoch was the other one. So this woman cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So not only did this woman lose uh, the one who was providing for her, her husband, but now the sons upon whose shoulders it would have fallen to provide for her are now going to be sold off as slaves, and the creditors were coming. So she was in dire straits. 
She was in dire need. You know, when it comes to trials in life, this was no doubt a big trial. And I know we all go through trials in life. When it comes to trials in life, it's very important for us to read God's attitude towards us by His Word, not by the trials we go through. So often when we hit a big trial in life, sometimes we think, doesn't God care about me? Doesn't He know what I'm going through, how I feel? You know, I've been doing my best. You know, my best. Yeah, yeah. And so we go on. But don't read God's attitude towards you through the trial you're going through, but read it through His Word. Find out from the Word of God what God's attitude is towards you. You see, the problem is never the problem. It's our attitude that's the problem. You know that? The problem's never the problem. I don't care how big it was. It's our attitude that's the problem. It's our attitude to the problem. The greatest opportunities in this world come looking like a problem. Did you know that? The biggest opportunities that will ever come our way to grow in our walk with the Lord, to do something great, they will come as a trial or as a problem. Who knows that? There's an opportunity every day in everything that we face, and God wants to work it for good. He allows us, bless His holy name, to go through trials and tribulations, and He can work it for good. So your problem won't be a problem unless you think it's a problem. And a lot of the problem is our attitude, our thoughts, what goes on inside of us. So here's this woman, she's got a real problem. We're only up to verse 1. You know, when we think about problems, when you think of Jesus breaking uh, the greatest chains of all, the bonds of death, rising again from the death, dead, he can break your chains. Your problem's no problem when we think of a risen Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who triumphed over all. The Bible says of him and through him and to him are all things. And you've got the circle of life. If you want to operate outside that circle of life, well, go for it. You can be in your own little circle if you want. Plenty of people love their own little circle. But God has invited us into the circle of life. There's a man who's in heaven this morning, forever seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's there seated because he's finished a work, but he's perfectly representing us to God and God to us. God has welcomed man back into the circle of life. Praise his name. He's gone back in God here. Truly God. Yet truly man, he's the one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. What a victory. God has your victory waiting for you today. Verse 2. <laughs> you guys are quiet, eh? You're allowed to yell out if you agree with something, eh? Amen. No, no, you can get, come on, preach it, brother. You know, or something like, you're welcome. You're welcome to yell out. We can, we can engage here if you like. So, verse 2, Elisha said to her, Come on, Elisha, Elisha said to her, thank you, brother, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? What, what, what shall I do for you? you know, what, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus would say the same thing. God wants, he's there for you. And then the question is, what do you have in the house? 
Did she have a lot? No. She said, your maidservant has nothing. What did she have? Nothing. That's a good place to be when you got nothing. When your thoughts run out, you have no solution to your problem, you're at wit's end corner, you don't know what to do, and you got nothing. That's a good place to be. That's the starting point. God loves people with nothing. He loves to take the small things of this world to confound the mighty and the base things of this world. He loves that place. Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. A jar of oil. Moses had nothing. He had a stick that looked like a snake. That looked like a stick. That's all Moses had. Led the children of Israel out. Parted the Red Sea. Amazing. Great story. David had nothing but a sling and a stone. He didn't have an AK-47. He just had a, a sling and a stone. He had nothing. The disciples, when it came to feeding the 5,000, had nothing but just one boy's lunch. You're getting the picture here. Having nothing is a good place. No solution to your problem, that's a good place to be. Waiting on God, coming to Him, bankrupt, with nothing, that's the starting point. So often we come with all our bright ideas of what we're going to do for God and how, it's, how our life's going to work out and how it should be. And we get disappointed because we've got something and God just wants us to have nothing. And He wants us to stand still and see the salvation of our God. Praise His name. When God wants to do something big, He starts with something very small. <laughs> ah, God is awesome, isn't He, eh? Isn't he good, eh? Chloe, what do you think? God is good? Come on, sister, daughter, praise God. When he wants to do the, the miraculous, he starts with the impossible. That's our God. God wants to know what have you got in your house. What have you got in your house? It might be very small. He might have given you a little gift that you can use. It starts with something small. Starts with something small. Maybe some time to serve the Lord. Maybe it's putting out cheers on a Sunday morning or, or, or vacuuming after church. What's in your house? It often starts with the small things in life. God starts with something small, and if you're faithful over the little, He'll give you much. But if you're not faithful over the little, He can even take away that which you've got and give it to another. God wants you to know that he can make something of your nothing. Dreaming with God is our theme this month. Our, our, our message today is God of the impossible. God can make something out of your nothing. Verse 3. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Huh? Not full ones. Empty vessels again. Do not gather just a few. Go and borrow vessels. Go. Doesn't that sound like go into all the world? Go to your neighbors and borrow some empty vessels. You know today there's empty vessels that need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God this morning. Out there in the community, go out and bring those vessels in. You can see these young men and this woman going out and borrowing all around the village. They obviously got quite a lot, but they could have got more. I think when the story finished, they would have probably... Uh, felt sorry that they didn't actually get more than what they actually got. 
because this story has a great ending. Go into all the world. Bring those vessels, and I'd like to liken these vessels as vessels of clay, earthen vessels, men and women and boys and girls who need to receive the oil of the Holy Spirit, salvation from God. God wants it poured in. This woman had one vessel full of oil. So what happens? So she went from him, shut the door behind her. Verse 4. Sorry, I jumped the verse. And when, they, and when you come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour it into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she has this little jar of oil and then she begins to pour it. Do you know, you get anointed for the work of the Lord when you pour out. You don't wait and get anointed. The Bible says to prove the good and acceptable will of the Lord, but to do that, you have to, to prove it. You have to take a step. And then if the door doesn't shut and he opens another door before you, take another step. You get anointed for service as you pour out. And so she went in from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, one after another, another one, all these vessels. And she just keep pouring out. And she poured it out, verse 5, verse 6. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Do you know, if, if, if that woman's sons had brought along one of those great container ships. You know the one, well, not a container ship, one of those big oil ships, what do they call them, tankers, that you cart oil around. Imagine if they parked a couple of them outside her door. You know, there'd be a fossil of that lady still today, and the oil would still be flying, filling up the ship, most likely. What a miracle. All those vessels were being filled up, and God's saying, go, go around your friends and your neighbors and bring those vessels in, because God wants to fill them. And if you haven't received from God today, you can receive from God today. You can receive His salvation. You can receive Jesus as Lord of your own life. You won't do that if you're full of your own self. That's why we often speak of coming to an end of ourselves, coming to wit's end corner. You know, it's like the thief on the cross uh, with both hands nailed there, both feet he couldn't do anything for his salvation with his hands. He couldn't try and walk a straight path and make up for what he'd done wrong. And Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. All he said is, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus can be your Lord today. You can receive from him and you can pour out. The Bible tells us that uh, he that believes in him, Jesus said, as the scripture says, out of his belly or innermost being will flow rivers of living water, pouring out the oil of God, the river of God to our nation. We have a well, and a well just keeps springing up, and it springs up, and it springs up, and it is inexhaustible, and God wants us to pour it out. What is in your house today? What can you pour out today? Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's a servant heart. Maybe it's... Um, you can, evangelistic gift, the gift of prophecy. Maybe it's all sorts of gifts, and you can use it, what God has given you, your little gift, whatever is in your ha house, you can use it 
and let God do the impossible in your life. I want to encourage you, my brother and sister. God just takes the little things in our lives. And He wants us to go on a journey with Him. And He wants us to trust Him every day and look to Him with all our hearts. You can just imagine these boys going out and this lady knocking on the neighbor's doors, asking, asking for all these jars, you know, and, and uh, pestering their neighbors. They probably thought they've taken everything we've got. What do they want them for? Maybe they're going to sell the jar, jars and pay the, de- the debt off, the empty jars. But, you know, when they, when, uh, when they had finished, in verse 7 it says, Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, once she had filled all the jars up, he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your son shall live. What a miracle. God provided in a miraculous, miraculous way for this woman and for her two sons. Now, God hasn't changed today. No matter what your need is here today, what did the apostle say? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. That river of life has never stopped flowing. He'll provide all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus or through Christ Jesus. He shall, he can supply all your need. James Hudson Taylor, sorry, James Hudson Taylor was a famous pioneer missionary in China. And he said these words, there are three stages in any great work attempted in God. There's the impossible stage. And I've grown to like that. Because when it's impossible, it's an opportunity for God. Then there's the difficult stage. And that's good too. Life can be most difficult, can't it? The trials of life that come our way. But then there is the done stage. When God has come in with His miraculous power and turned things for good. We had Reuben this morning sharing his testimony with us of how God is transforming his life, blessing him, the life of his family as well. There's a man of God right there, stepping out in faith, serving the Lord. And that's you too, my brother and sister. What is in your house? What can God breathe on? What can He move in, in your circumstance? Trust in Him, the living God. If you're facing the impossible today, I want you to believe for the impossible. Don't believe and speak out, this will never work out. I can never do this. You know, it always goes wrong for me. Don't prophesy that over your life. Believe for the impossible. Expect a miracle. Expect God to answer your prayers and come in in a mighty way. How about trusting God with every problem that you face in life? Yeah? How about us all trusting God with every problem we face in life? No matter how big it is, some problems can be very, very big. Health problems can be very, very big. Problems in our families, they can be big problems. But we can trust God with those problems. More than that, how about trusting God with your whole life? How about just letting go and letting God? What is in your house? If God is speaking to you today, and I know He is, He's challenging you, I believe, to step out, to take the little that you have. Don't think I can't do it. Do you know in this room we've got planet shakers? We've got world changers. We've got people that can move mountains in our nation if we stepped out in God. He wants to take you, your little life, where you sit in your seat, and He wants to use it. Just, just hand it over to Him completely. 
Come with your nothing. Just what has he got? It might be so minute, so small. Just come and trust in him. Don't, you don't have to work it out. I love the way the theme started here today with Reuben sharing that testimony. We don't have to work it all out. You can just trust him. Let's stand up. Let's stand together. If God's speaking to you today, and I believe he is, and you, you hear God calling to you to step out by faith, to step out. As we sing the closing song, I want you to step out and walk up the front, just a symbol of your obedience to him. God, take my nothing and use me. I'm here. I'm available for you. I don't know all the answers. I don't have all the answers, but I'm available. Just as we sing this last song, let's just step out and come up the front. Doesn't matter if everyone leaves their seat and comes to the front. I hope you all will. But just as a symbol of our obedience to Him to step out. God will work the miraculous in our lives. He will do more than we can even ask or think or even imagine. God will transform your life and He'll turn you into someone who will just be poured out for this thirsty world like Jesus was. Someone who just keeps pouring out you know, you've got to turn the tap on before the water starts flowing into your sink when you're doing the dishes. If the tap's not turned on, the water can't come down the pipeline. You know, you can sit there and pray all your life for God to fill up the, provide water so you can wash the dishes. But all you've got to do is turn the tap on. If you pour out, God will pour in. Pour out, God will pour in. Praise God. Over to our worship leaders. Awesome.